Welcome back to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I got a very special guest, and I, I want to thank my producer, Vulture, for uh, for booking this guy, because Chester Santos, uh, I'm, I'm really, really interested in this, and, and there are so many questions that I have for him, and right now on the Tuttle Daily Podcast is the one and only, the international man of memory, Chester Santos. Chester, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Total, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to talking with you today and uh, giving some tips for your listeners, for your audience as to how they can improve their memory skills. Yeah, I mean, I was um, I was telling my dad this, uh, Wayne, because we were watching uh, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I don't know if you're a big Coen's brother fan. Have you ever watched any of the Coen brothers movies? Uh, I haven't seen, I'm not familiar with that particular Okay, movie. like Fargo, uh, uh, yeah. Old Men, you know, they did They did all those movies. And, and it, it was really, really cool. And I was telling them about, you know, I'm, I'm talking to this guy that's supposed to be to have the best memory that, that is out there. And, and I was telling them about it. But before we get into why, why I brought it up, um, I wanted to to ask you, where, where can people find out about you? You know, where can they find you? What's your website if they want to contact you? Any of the stuff that people want to be able to find you at, where can they do that? Yeah, so if people end up, you know, after today being interested in in-depth memory training, how to remember names, presentations, facts, figures, languages, and so on, training material, they can go to memoryschool.net. Uh, I would visualize a, a giant net. So you remember that it's .net. So memoryschool.net. Um, and for your audience, there's a special code that I set up, Tuttle. So they would mm -hmm. just type in Tuttle and they'll find a, a really special uh, offer there. If they enter in that coupon code, they'll get started without any enrollment fee whatsoever. So, you know, they can check it out if they're interested. If they want to follow me on social media, Instagram is probably the best place. Chester J. Santos on Instagram. Now, Chester, um, you you kind of actually set me up for one of the questions I wanted to ask you. <clears throat> you were talking about net, you know, you know, trying to get people to remember things. Is is memory easier when you can associate things visually with it? Because you you brought up like net, you know, if you if you can't remember net, just think of a big net, you know. So is is that something that is key to training yourself to have a good memory, to be able to recall things? Yeah, it really is. So there are three main principles that memory champions uh, like myself would always employ if we're trying to commit something to memory. So I, I won the United States National Memory Championship. In that competition, we have to memorize decks of playing cards, uh, hundreds of digits, hundreds of names in just a matter of minutes. In order to do that, we use specific techniques, but the three main principles are always number one, visuals, mm -hmm. as, as you just uh, picked up on there. So turn whatever information type it might be, uh, that you're trying to remember, try to turn it first into something that you can see in your mind picture, because we're really good at remembering things that we see. An example, um, you know, let's say you run into someone. A lot of times uh, we've experienced this. You'll run into someone that you could have met even years in the past. Uh, you remember their face, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, you know that you've met them somewhere before, but you can't seem to remember their name, right? Pretty common experience. Yeah, yeah of course. One, 
Yeah, one other quick example, let's say you go to a party, you're meeting a lot of new people. Two weeks after it's over, you're talking with one of your friends that was at the party with you and your friend describes someone to you. Hey, Total, remember uh, that attorney that we met at the party a couple of weeks ago? He's also a member of the, you know, the local golf club. As your friend is going through that description, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a, a lot of times you can picture who they're describing, right? Yes. But, yeah, you can picture the person, but neither one of you can manage to remember the name, right? So those are just a couple of examples that I think illustrate pretty well that we tend to be good at remembering things that we see. We remember the face because we see the face. Mm-hmm. We don't remember the name because we don't actually see the name. So one of the techniques for names would be to turn the names into powerful visuals. So uh, the name Mike, you might see a microphone. Uh, Alice, you might visualize a white rabbit because that would remind you of Alice in Wonderland. But it's always going to come wow. down to visuals, no matter the information type. That's one, at least one of the uh, one of the ideas, one of the concepts. Okay, so no, while we're on this, because I'm I'm really all over the place, but I, I I I do have a good memory, but it's weird how it works sometimes. And and I want to talk about the things that are triggers for me. But I was a big fan of the TV show The Mentalist. Did Did you ever watch the TV show The Mentalist? Um, it had Thomas. Uh, it, the guy was like an illusionist, but he also he talked about this thing. And, and I want to see if you ever heard of this. And I want to see if they just made this up for the show. But a mind palace. They always talked about a mind palace, a palace. Now, it, they tried to explain it is when you are trying to remember things in order, you put them in a place in a certain like physical space, like a room. And, and that helps you being able to remember what things are or am i off way off basis was the tv show just making up things no so you're absolutely right there so that has been uh depicted in other tv shows as well i know that sherlock um, yes was one apparently they talked about sherlock holmes using a, a memory palace or mind palace um so you know it's some people wonder is that a, like a real thing um, it actually is. This, uh, this concept originated with the ancient Greeks. It was known as the method of loci, L-O-C-I, meaning mm-hmm. location. It was mm-hmm. also used by the Romans. The Roman orders were able to give speeches hours in length from memory without any notes whatsoever. The famous order Cicero used this uh, type of technique. Uh, modern memorizers like myself refer to this as the journey method but it's also known sometimes as the memory palace technique. It's exactly what you described, using locations from your environment to store images that represent or remind you of the information that you later want to recall. You'll store the images along those uh, locations. So later on, you merely think of the locations, the images come right back to you and remind you of whatever it is you were trying to remember. It's actually pretty easy for anyone to do with a little bit of training and practice. Um, and, and I thought about this and, and, and it was just a serious question and maybe it's a dumb question, but is there a difference between memorizing something and learning something? Do, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because some people, they just learn it. Like it becomes muscle memory to them. Like they know that two times two is four or two times four is eight. I don't think I, or is that memory? Like, I mean, is, is that a dumb question? 
Yeah, so the two things, they go hand in hand. So memory in of itself alone is not really fully learning the information, but memory is a fundamental part of the learning process. So memory definitely can help you to, to finally uh, learn the material in the end. So you might uh, want to look up, if you're not familiar with something called Bloom's Taxonomy of Learning, uh, mm-hmm. And in that uh, understanding, that explanation of how learning works, the fundamental part, the foundation is memory. So in other words, you commit the information first to memory and then it allows you to better manipulate it, play around with it in your mind, right? Turn it over and eventually yeah. it will improve your understanding as well, right? So yeah. memory is definitely a fundamental part of the learning process. It will help you. Improving your memory skills will definitely help you to learn new things. All right. So you you brought up about uh, you remembering uh, the cards in a deck. Uh, I hadn't seen the movie, and, and it's really, really weird. Before, Right before I even knew that I was going to be speaking with you, the movie 21, where they're, they're counting cards during blackjack. Now, um, it seemed like a lot of those people were, were math whizzes. They, they were math people. Now, are you good at math? Or are you just good at memorizing the cards that you have already seen? Yeah, so, you know, it's math is something different. I was, I just happened to be really good uh, with math as well in school, uh, probably uh, being able to remember very easily the formulas that I needed uh, in, uh, given a certain type of problem on the exam. That was probably an advantage, uh, but I did do well in math. Um, it is uh, card counting that you would use in blackjack in uh, the casino is actually more mathematical. It's a more mm-hmm. of a ma- the, the MIT blackjack team. So you're talking it, about odds, right? You're talking about odds of what the next card is going to be instead of remembering the cards that have already come out. So it is more of a mathematical process. They make decisions as to how to bet based on what the count is. These types of techniques uh, that I teach people actually, though, would help you to keep track of the count. And then the math part is you're going to make certain calculations based on what the count is at that time. Um, In the the movie, it's very interesting. In the movie 21, they actually use a memory system uh, to help them. They use word association, right? They use word association. Exactly. Not only to help them keep track of the count, but also to kind of secretly communicate yeah. mm-hmm. the account to each other. So when they say a word, like so a code word that represents actually a number, uh, that that's actually a memory system that they're using there. But card counting is more mathematical mm-hmm. than memory, although memory can, you know, again, help you to keep track of the count. Now, can I ask you, what is easier to memorize numbers or letters? Um, I, I would say numbers of letters, it depends on the particular person, but numbers tend to be more difficult for people in that it's abstract numbers is more difficult rather than words, right. Or images. So the system that I would teach people to memorize numbers, whether it's dates, percentages, facts that contain figures, it would be to turn single numbers, single digits, first into a sound, all right, that could correspond to a letter, 
basically what happens then is when you have a combination of numbers, mm-hmm. you can you can form a word from that combination wow. of uh, numbers. Please, yeah, it, I mean, just, so, I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but like, kind of give me an idea. Like, how how do you turn like numbers into a letter are you are you giving each letter a numerical uh 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 numeration like a would be one b would be two yeah so this is actually a an ancient system well it's more than 300 uh, years old um it's been known by many different names it's been known as the major system is one the phonetic alphabet system when i'm teaching it in my online programs i refer to it as the phonetic alphabet system, because I think that best describes uh, how it actually works. So first step is the single digits zero through nine, you assign either a phonetic sound or series of phonetic sounds to it. I won't go into detail. It takes about an hour to, to, learn, yeah, to learn the system. But basically once you know it, if you were going to learn, you know, the number sequence was three, five, seven, nine, one, two, I would memorize that by maybe visualizing a gigantic milk carton and it's filled with buttons. Because for me, 357 is milk and 912 is buttons. So 357912 would be milk and maybe it's filled up with buttons. Um, mm. And that's because three has the mm sound, five has mm, the o mm. sound, seven has the k sound. So that's how it works. Again, it's it might sound a little bit complicated right now, but really it only takes about an hour to learn it. Um, and then you can start to apply it right away to any really information type of numbers. All right. So this is something this is something that I've always been interested in, is that um I've done a lot of reading. When you are younger, it just seems like the human brain is more of a sponge. Like it it just take things in easier now is there somebody that it's or hope for people that are in their 30s or maybe 40s to be able to still memorize things and learn how to memorize things better or or is this something you have to learn when you're younger because like i said they've always said that that's why it's easier for kids to learn multiple languages when they're young because they said something about that the human or the 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 younger brain is able to to define different sounds to be able to memorize them. Yeah, so we are born with our brains like sponges because we need that ability to learn new things, acquire new information in order to survive, right? And we in, we we reinforce that throughout all of our early years. Uh, we are constantly learning a lot of new things, right? Uh, when you're in preschool, kindergarten, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, grad school, throughout all of that uh, chunk of years there, you're learning a lot of new things. You're tested on your recall of information for quizzes, exams, to write papers, right? But then we all tend to enter this 20, 30 plus year period where things really just start to become a routine, right? We're doing the same types of things day in and day out. Most people no longer use their memory nearly as much as they did earlier earlier in their life, right? And your brain yeah. in, ge- in general is much more stimulated earlier in your life because a lot is new to you. But we reach a point in our lives where, you know what, nowadays not that much is new to us. 
anymore, right? So that's a, a large part of the reason why memory ability tends to decline as we're getting older, because as we're getting older, we're separating ourselves more and more from those early years in which we are constantly using our memory and which our brain was being very stimulated. The good news, uh, the positive news from this is that you make it a point to actually exercise your memory and continue to work it out. You can keep it strong and in fact, improve your memory really at any age, but you've got to work at it. You've got to keep on using your memory. We're at a low point maybe, uh, and one of the low points anyway, I think in human history nowadays in terms of memory and also other mental abilities because we're outsourcing uh, memory and other mental functions to electronic devices. We're entering an age of uh, maybe a little bit dangerous uh, digital dependency. You know, we all used to be able to remember the phone numbers of so many friends Family members. Oh, I yeah, remember. dude, I got a buddy. He broke his phone and like I fell out of contact with him uh, and I ran into him. He was like, hey, I, I dude, I, I'm so glad I ran into you. I didn't even remember your phone number because it was on my other phone and I broke it or I lost it. I don't have your number. Yeah, that's that's happened so many times. Yeah. You know, growing up, my parents would also give me emergency numbers that they thought were important for me to know, you know, in case of emergency. Yeah. We all we all used to be able to do that. Nowadays, you give somebody one phone number and they feel completely paralyzed. They can't do it. And it's getting so bad that there are a lot of people out there today that don't even know their own phone number. Really, that's how bad it's getting. We're becoming very dependent on these devices. It's uh, navigation is another area. You know, now you have, you know, you, you have people, nothing, nothing against Uber and Lyft drivers, and this is not every Uber and Lyft driver at all, but I'm just giving this as an example. It does happen where you might have someone that's been driving in a city for, you know, five plus years, but if something's wrong with the app at that particular yeah. moment or something, or something's wrong with the network connection, uh, they can't even go to common landmarks in the city, even after driving there for many years, because they would just shut off their brain. Yes. They, didn't learn they didn't learn any streets. Because now, they were 100% dependent on the technology. This is always a skill that I've ever always been able to have. Like, if I drive, <clears throat> now I'm not talking about riding along with somebody, but if I'm driving and I'm in control of the car and I have to drive to a location, I only need one time. Like, when I, when I drive there, I, I don't know what it is. It's like without even thinking about it. It's not even like I have to remember the names of the streets or stuff. It's, it's more visual. Like I, I couldn't tell anybody directions how to get there. But if you told me, hey, I need you to drive to this spot you've already been to, I could easily do it. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, humans are pretty good for the most part with uh, visual spatial memory. This is why the journey method memory palace technique works really well because this is built into us actually as humans, if we're paying attention, if we're actually paying attention, because at one point, you know, in human history, if we went on a journey, we had to remember where there was danger, where there was food and things like that. So if we're actually paying attention when we're going uh, somewhere, we have a very good ability to remember those locations again later on. And, and, and that's why this memory palace technique can be very effective. How were you in history? Because history was always 
it's always been great to me. Like I, I, I think history is not shown enough attention when it comes to studies because you know a lot of people want to talk about uh, medical advances and and people having longer lifespans and and you brought that up where where dangerous is is that I think history is a big part of us as humans having longer lifespans because we look at history we learn from other people's mistakes to make sure that we don't make those own mistakes. The, the, or is that just some like weird stoner type thing to say? Because I, I really do think that's the truth. No, I, I totally agree. I think that history is a very valuable uh, subject to invest time in, in as far as learning. Uh, as, as far as your lifelong learning, I do think that uh, history is definitely valuable to learn from yeah, what's happened uh, in past civilizations and and so forth. So I totally agree with that. Now, so let's talk about this because I got a couple of other important questions. So number one, um, music. Why why is music so important for for stirring up emotions and, and bringing you back to a certain time in your life? I mean, you might not even have heard this song for the past 10 years, but when you hear it, it brings you back to that moment. You can you can remember the smells, if that makes sense, or 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 how the weather was and and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly on why uh, music is such a. But I didn't know if that was a memorizing technique is what is the reason I brought it up. Okay, well, in terms of using it as a technique, a song to help you remember something that you're trying to remember for business or whether, you know, maybe it's an exam for school, um, it would work if you tend to be good with music, right? So if you're someone that's good at, uh, you know, rhythm, remembering lyrics of a song, you could then tie new information to that song. Because learning and memory always comes down to creating a connection in your mind between something new that you're trying to learn and something that you already know. So if you're very comfortable with music and you have a lot of songs that you already have committed to memory, you could definitely use those to learn some new information. So I, I do recommend that uh, when I'm helping people to develop their memory skills to use that if they're naturally good with music. I'm personally not that good for whatever reason with yeah. music. So I, I would go about things probably in a different route, but, but music can be a very um, effective memory aid. Another part of it might be if it invokes powerful emotions in you, uh, because that also can strengthen memories. If there's a strong emotional connection. So emotions and um, memories are connected in some ways, some, sometimes. Well, it's very, you know, it's very interesting because a powerful emotional experience can more solidly encode something into your memory for sure uh, to where you can't even get rid of it uh, if you wanted to. But I think if it's even maybe a little bit too extreme or in other circumstances, it can also cause memory blocks. So uh, it's very, it's very interesting. All right. So, and and I and and I I apologize because uh, you when I do interviews I I think of other things off of answers that people give me and and 
I've recently, I've had people on my show that have dealt with childhood trauma. And this is why that I yeah. think that the brain is so important that we can remember some things, but our brain is also protecting us in some ways and blocks out things that we, that, that we necessarily remember, but our brain somehow has this way of pitting up that block to put that, if I'm comparing it to a computer, take that little, little infected part of the hard drive and partition it and put it somewhere else so we don't have to deal with it. Um, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. The brain is incredibly fascinating and there are just still so many, many things that we don't understand about how the brain uh, works as of today, but, but it is an incredibly fascinating, interesting. Again, sometimes a strong emotional experience can uh, make it easier to remember something, or it can lead to, as you just described, With trauma. Uh, a, mem a memory, a memory block. Yeah. In term when it comes to trauma. I, I just find that very interesting. Now, um, yeah. I, I've been reading some stories. They're talking about the, that even though computers are becoming more advanced, it still does not have the processing power that the human brain has, that it's able to pull up things as quickly as they do. Um, is, that, is that true or am I off basis by, by saying that? Yeah, so I haven't looked at the current stats as of this year, but I know a few years or so, just a few years or so ago when I was looking into this, uh, when I was going to be speaking at a tech conference, as of then, a few years back, the most powerful uh, computer, uh, supercomputer, in terms of uh, total processing power, was nowhere near the equivalent of the overall processing power of the human brain. Um, I mean, even just you know, looking at a picture and uh, interpreting what that is. Our brain is doing so many different, performing so many different calculations and doing all sorts of things. I don't think we really realize just how complex and incredibly powerful the human brain is. What I mentioned sometimes in my presentations is that we have to keep in mind that, you know, the device that we're doing this interview on now, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff, Google, all of, all of it, it originated from where it all came from the power of the human mind. So yep. we really need to um, realize that and continue to work on developing and, and nurturing the power of our brains, the power of our minds. All right. So, so it's just, just Hollywood, you know, magic, but like they've had so many movies where they, they always led the, where they find this person oh my God, we figured out a way for this person to use 100% of their brain power. And now they have all these mystical, magical powers. Is it true? Like, do they always make that up? Like, how much do we really use of our brain? And, and, and what I'm trying to say is like, why are we only using a certain part of it is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not sure on that. That's not really uh, necessarily my field. It would be. Yeah, more I know. I guess a, I was throwing yeah. it out there. Yeah, no problem. It would be more of a, you know, for a brain scientist, neuroscientist, that would be their field. What I would just comment on based on what my field is, mm -hmm. uh, memory skills development, that people 
come to me that say, you know, they can't remember names. They're really bad at remembering uh, training material that their company sending them to and, and so on. Um, when they use these techniques that do actually activate more of the brain uh, that they wouldn't normally be using, they're just absolutely amazed at what they're able to do. So when we do tap into uh, using more of the brain, I think it's very incredible what we are actually uh, capable of doing. My favorite brain movie where they where they used that that plot line was the movie. It had John Travolta and it. it was a phenomenon. Remember where everybody thought he saw like aliens up in the sky, but come to find out he had this tumor that was like a hand on top of his dated more percentage of his brain stuff and he could read like books like i mean could you do that because in the movie he read a bunch of books like if i gave you five books and i said i want you to read these five books but i can i i can quiz you on stuff about this book how do you think you would do yeah so i i saw that movie actually i really enjoyed that movie a lot um so for me it's really skills that we're talking about and techniques that i would be okay. using so what I would be able to do is to just outline each chapter, pick out the main points, important mm -hmm. points from all of the chapters, and then use these techniques to then commit all of that to memory. So it wouldn't be all five books word for word, but it would be, you, you know. You would get the important things. You have a way of finding out the important things that are entailed into the book, right? Like. Now, is there a difference when you're teaching things, like when you're giving somebody, hey, I need to study for a test and you're trying to help them study for a test, is part of it teaching them what is what could most likely be on this test? Do you, do you kind of like put it from this is the most important stuff and this is some of the stuff you might need down here at the bottom? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what I would recommend, but the student themselves would be better able to know what they think uh, would be on the exam, what is important from each chapter, but I would have them uh, pick out the important points, create an outline, and then commit it all to memory using the techniques that I teach. So I would teach them techniques to commit all of their notes to memory or all of their outlines to memory. So that would be my particular area. That's uh, the part in which I would give input. All right, Chester. Uh, Chester Santos, the international man of men memory. Uh, tell everybody once again how they can check out you online if they want to find any of your courses and stuff. Yeah, so if people would like to go through some in-depth memory training, it's really fun, uh, interactive uh, in terms of the exercises. They will go to memoryschool.net. Um, visualize a net again to memorize that it's memoryschool.net. And the coupon code again is TOTTLE. Uh, that will allow you to start with no enrollment fee at all. Uh, one, there is one small catch in that mm. I did set the, uh, the coupon code up to be valid for 25 uses. So as long as you're one of the first 25 people to use Tuttle, it should work and set oh, yeah. uh, the, the fee to zero to start out with.